0: It's time for Rain and Shine, your weekly regional science update, where we explore how the planet works and how we work with the planet. Last week, we talked about driving carbon from the atmosphere into the soil to build soil wealth, a new generation of soil health that can fuel this business of agriculture. So let's dig in a little bit more on this business. This business depends upon a system a food system, or a fiber system, or a system of organic waste management and collection. Every time you think about an agricultural business, it's really great and really important, like when you look at the planet, to think about it as a system. In the U.S. and in other places, this system or business of agriculture is heavily subsidized by the federal government. Between 2024 to 2033, the pending and upcoming farm bill would spend $1.5 trillion on this business. 80% of these funds go to feeding people through the SNAP program. 11% go to crop insurance and commodity markets, while 6% goes to conservation. But what really does the government mean by agriculture? Well, of the $64.8 billion per year that would get spent in this new farm bill, $24.7 goes to corn. That's 38%. 10% will go to soybeans, 9% to wheat, cotton, rice, dairy, and so on and so forth, down through the large commodities and into some specialty crops. Pay attention here, because this is most of what the small farms or standalone farm investments are competing with. Some money does go to conservation and soil health and risk management, although the majority of that ends up in irrigation. And what's important to note is that the risk management money like crop insurance is important on its own, but it's also about what it unlocks in terms of money from the private sector. A farmer growing a crop that qualifies for crop insurance that will bail you out if that crop fails is a great client for private lenders. And least you think my use of the term bailout means that I am a libertarian, I will counter and say that I am a pragmatist. Food security is an essential thing and farming is already a risky business, one that is getting riskier. The takeaway here is that the feds put a very sizable sum of money into a very few crops that are almost exclusively grown in chemical and input intensive systems. And of the 536 billion cash receipts that the USDA forecasts the farm sector will make in 2023, 458 of that billion will be spent on production. The Majority of that goes to buying inputs. So if you wanna know who's making money in agriculture, It's not the farmer, it's the people who are selling the farmer something. It's good to understand that the public money underwrites the first loss and sometimes total loss for private lender risk in these commodity markets. As of 2021, Wells Fargo had $7 billion in agricultural loan, while insurance company MetLife held $16.2 billion in farm mortgages agricultural credit associations, REITs, co-ops, pension funds, banks, input suppliers, and equipment manufacturers all have sizable investments in the U.S. agriculture. That can seem daunting for farmers that are participating outside of the commodity system, but let's get back to some basic economics. Demand, you've heard of it, and right now it's on those types of farmers' side. Everyone from the Whole Foods shopper, who kind of knows what regenerative agriculture is and maybe cares about the climate and definitely has money to a more conservative IG influencer mom or the average US citizen who doesn't have a lot of money to spend, but they would all like to eat food that has less chemicals or as we say, food that is better for us and better for the planet. And for those who do have money, organic food demand continues to grow as well. So in the basic laws of economics, supply and demand are supposed to find some happy equilibrium with both a volume and a price on the market for any given product. But even with all this demand and growth in the market, we're not really seeing supply increase from the US when it comes to regenerative or organic agriculture. Like all things, this isn't just about one thing, cost of land and access to land ownership, cultures around farming, these all have something to do with it, and so maybe do the heaps of subsidies that the government puts out for conventional farming. But let's go back to our food system here. One of the primary bottlenecks in our food system from all of that demand from the consumer reaching new supply for farmers who want to grow for them is an area that people sometimes refer to as the missing middle of the supply chain. Sophisticated and regional aggregation services, value-add processing, manufacturing, and distribution all make up critical components of getting food from the farmer to your plate and making sure that farmer gets a premium for getting it to you. Going back to our original definitions of wealth, And looking at that one that was called inclusive wealth, extending beyond the strict definition to the value of all forms of capital that contribute to human well-being, I think what's exciting about the time that we live in is we are facing both an environmental necessity and an economic opportunity that may, if we focus on helping farmers reach consumers, allow us to build out a new agricultural economy from the soil up, and an economy that increases the value of all forms of capital within the system. You've been listening to Rain and Shine, a production of the Learning Council, produced by Corey Stanton, and written and narrated by me, Calla Rose Ostrander. To submit your nature and science questions, email us at rainshineweekly at gmail.com, or visit our Facebook page. And thanks for listening!